Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. This episode, I have another great guest, and this is actually the first episode I ever recorded. Previously, before uh, moving to a podcast, I'd done about 100 interviews of authors, speakers, professional Olympic athletes and coaches, and Dr. Dale was like, let's get on a call and just do this, and I was like, maybe we should just start recording these and move to a podcast. So this is an early conversation from a while back, but uh, still some great timely stuff. The episode is with Dr. Greg Dale, who is the Director of Sports Psychology and Leadership for Duke University Athletics. He's written four books on leadership, coaching, parenting, and performance. He speaks and consults with numerous athletic and corporate organizations around the globe. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Greg Dale. You were an athlete growing up, I take it? Yeah. yeah. Right? And can you tell us a little bit about that and the sports you played and how you got involved with athletics? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I grew up in a small town, Texas, uh, and uh, lived in rural Alaska. So that's kind of where I spent my childhood um, and uh, played, uh, you know, basketball. Or I played football, obviously being – from Texas, you got to play football there, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I played football and then ran track and played baseball. I uh, played hockey when I lived in Alaska, so it was great to learn that sport. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've always been involved in sports and um, had a lot of really good experiences. Awesome. Fantastic. And uh, kind of either from that, that sports world or, or either into your professional life, uh, is there a coach or mentor that really stands out that, you know, had a really great influence on you? Yeah, I had a, that my hockey coach that I had when I lived in Alaska um, was the first coach that I ever had that was just, I felt like a great coach and because uh, I knew he cared about me and uh, he, um, the ice, the, ho- the hockey rink was right next to his house. Oh, cool. And, um, I would go over there at night and practice often by myself and, uh, I know that, you know, the goal, the, the puck would clank against the goal and, uh, or against the boards and sometimes late at night. And he later talked about that, but never once came out and said, Hey, you need to turn that, you know, stop doing that. Cause you're keeping me awake or whatever. And sometimes would come out and skate with me and uh, teach me. And, uh, but I, I just knew that he genuinely cared. And, um, yeah, so that was, that, that's, one of my favorite coaches for sure of all time. Awesome. Fantastic. So yeah. You've also got to work alongside uh, many great coaches kind of in your career and especially at Duke yeah. University. Um, question uh, is, is there something that stands out that you've learned particular from, I know usually people say coach K I'm going to say coach right. Cutliffe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Uh, well, I think it's important that, um, uh, Man, you, I know as cliche as it sounds, athletes have to know you care about them. And I don't care what level you are. I think it, you know, they don't have, I guess I should rephrase it. They don't have to know that you care, but it certainly makes a difference in terms of your ability to help them reach their potential uh, if they know that you care about them. Because they're willing to, um, when you do have to challenge them, when you do have to 
hold them accountable, they're going to be much more likely to take that the right way because they know it's coming from a good place. And that if they know that you're in it for them as opposed to in it for you, uh, and that I think it takes a it takes an evolution as a coach. A lot of coaches start off, it's about you. It's about making a name for yourself. And it's yeah. about your record. It's about winning. And at some point, I think great coaches make that transition into that I'm here to help them grow and develop. I'm here to help them look good. I'm here to, I'm here to serve them as opposed to them serving me. And when you get to that place, if you ever get there, that's when, that's when you have the chance to become a great coach, I think. And uh, athletes will buy into you more and, and certainly want to work hard when you're asking them to do that. Sure. Sure. Well, kind of, uh, I guess the, the, the deep caring and, and being able to involve that in kind of your coaching philosophy kind of, relates to the the next question but what do you find most rewarding about getting to work with coaches and athletes and, and do the things you get to do with duke or whether it's working with clients and other people across the, the globe yeah I, I think you know my, my my purpose in life is to to help people you know reach their potential and hopefully help them also have a positive impact on others as they do that because i work with a lot of, of leaders and so and i you're right i get to sit down with them individually i speak i teach classes i write stuff uh all that stuff that's what i do that allows me to help me accomplish that but uh it's just it's rewarding to to feel like that you're having an impact on people somehow in some small way uh so i i really absolutely enjoy the opportunity to do that whether it be with an individual athlete or a group of leaders or an individual leader whether it's a captain or a coach or a corporate executive. Um, I just feel like I'm very fortunate to get to do what I do um, because it's really rewarding. Sure, sure. Um, kind of transition a, a little bit uh, from, to the high school student athlete. Um, mm -hmm. Someone might, you know, uh, listen or learn from this. Uh, what's the biggest advice that you could give uh, someone that is looking to play at the NCAA level, whether it's D1 or Division three, but, but going on to play sports beyond high school, what's the greatest piece of advice? And maybe from some of your experiences, you see the, the where people get themselves in the most trouble or, or being able to try to bridge, bridge that goal. Yeah. Uh, wow. There's a lot of advice. <laughs> those guys, there's so many things that, that they need to consider. Obviously, if they have that talent level and they have that, potential to do it at the college level they obviously are they're doing something right um but uh, i would say a couple things how you handle adversity is going to be a really big thing for you because for many of high school athletes they go to college and they're no longer the best athletes on their teams or yeah. um they're like here at duke they're not the best athletes and some many times they're not the smartest kids in their class anymore so you you got to learn how to deal with failure. you got to learn how to deal with not uh, playing the role that you want. And that's a big adjustment for people. And so uh, I think just as much as you can put yourself in situations that test your resilience and test your uh, fortitude and test your ability to handle adversity when things don't go your way, uh, the better prepared you're going to be for when you uh, get to do this thing in college. Uh, because it is a it is a significant transition for most now not everybody but for for most people it is sure sure um great stuff i appreciate that uh 
Next question kind of uh, to uh, involve a, a little bit more uh, fantasy, but uh, if you could wave a magic wand mm-hmm. and change one thing about uh, NCAA sports to, to help athletes, uh, what changes do you think uh, would be most immenseful and helpful to athletes currently? For at the college level? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Again, I think I would, if I could wave a magic wand, I would wave the magic wand to help college coaches um, do a better job of, this is going to sound very pessimistic, but (laughs) I think that there's probably not many places else in the country where there's more potential for the abuse of power than there is between a leader and a subordinate than there is at the college level between a coach and an athlete. Yeah. And I think that if I could wave my magic wand, I would try to help coaches understand that they do have a lot of power and that they, uh, that, that they don't abuse that power. Uh, and they're being held more and more accountable for that. Uh, now with social media and some of the other things and kids are taught to question or are demanding that they're treated better. But um, if I could wave my magic wand, I would help coaches be better leaders so that they wouldn't um, abuse that power that they have sometimes. At the high school level, youth level, it would be I would uh, change parents. That's what I would change. (laughs) Uh, Just because if they could get out of the way, kids would have a lot better experience. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so the other one, if you could jump into uh, a DeLorean time machine, go back and, and see uh, 16-year-old Greg Dale. Yeah. Uh, from all, all your experiences around sports and life, uh, what advice would you, would you give 16-year-old self? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I would um obviously i wouldn't change much or i wouldn't have the opportunity to be where i am today but i would say that uh it's not going to happen uh being where you are now being where i am now i when i first started i was thinking i should be there like right out of college i should be there right out of uh, my finish my my doctoral program and i should have a job at duke working with athletes and coaches and getting to travel around the world, working with professional athletes and corporations and stuff. And like, I should be able to do that. And my thing is I would, there's a great book out there. It's a, it's a little book that uh, it's called make the big time where you are. And a coach wrote that one time, a a coach out in the West coast wrote that. And uh, I would tell myself that, you know, you want to get to the quote, the big time, you need to make the big time where you are and make the most of that opportunity and just trust that the process will happen and it will take care of itself. So be patient and make the big time where you are. Nice. Uh, if you do that, good things will happen for you. I like it. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Last question. Um, in your eyes or your experience, how do you define success? Uh, for me or for – Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. I'd certainly – uh, there's no question that I define it is, is, um, am, am I having a positive impact on others? Am I changing their lives? Am I impacting their life in a positive way? Um, that's another thing that I would give advice to my 16 year old self with, <laughs> that, that, yeah. the, that I, I believe the money and the opportunities and all those things will happen for you. 
if you're genuinely in the moment and you are where your feet are and you are making an impact with the people that you're with, um, then all the, all that other stuff will take care of itself. And so I define success truly as cliche as it might sound. And I challenge coaches on it all the time because they'll say it's about developing young men and women for life. And it's about developing all these life skills, but you know, our competitive nature or our desire to win or our desire in, in, in my situation to, to get to the next level or to work with the next biggest group or to, to make this money or whatever. Sometimes that stuff kind of takes precedence over, over what we said our definition of success was. And so I really always continue to try to come back to that. Uh, how is this going to help me have an impact on others? And if I can focus on that, then, you know, the money and whatever else might, whatever else comes from that will, Take care of yourself.